In this episode of Beanstalk, we will be discussing the importance of knowing your critter's habitat and what that means for you as a critter keeper. Yeah, um, I know people are gonna find it really weird that we did this after telling them how to get their first critter. But I think it's more important to have your critter and then learn their habitat with them, you know? What's the difference in a habitat and an environment? An environment is, you know, like the climate and what they're going to live in. Whereas a habitat is how they interact with it and they're going to let you know their preferences and that turns it from just an environmental setup to a habitat. So, you know, like even in the wild, you know, they're in this vast environment, but they have this little area that they can consider their habitat. It's basically their home, kind of. It's not what it actually is, but that's what I mean when we say habitat. Okay. It's making it their home. Oh, to begin today's episode, we're going to start by breaking down the three kinds of habitats you can have. You have your desert habitat, arboreal habitat, and tropical habitat. Now keep in mind these, oh man, now keep in mind this isn't the same as when we were talking about climate in episode three. However, we will briefly mention the climate again, just as a reminder. Let's start with what I consider to be the easiest and most lenient habitat to set up, the desert habitat. The desert habitat stays within 80 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The humidity stays low at 25 to 30%. And with the climate out of the way, let's get to my favorite part, the habitat itself. A desert habitat can great, vary greatly from a sandy biome full of plant life to a barren rocky biome filled with caves and hidey holes and everything in between. As someone who owns a critter that needs a desert habitat, you'll be responsible for making sure you have proper desert biome your critter needs, as well as making sure you maintain proper temperature and humidity and stay within the range. Yeah, so we have three desert critters we have more than we have six desert critters the leopard geckos are desert two bitter dragons a Euromastix, and the leopard geckos I always forget about the leopard geckos and then just for the sake of showing how much it varies we'll throw in our old friend houdini we talked about him a few times yeah houdini rest in peace so uh, seven, we, we essentially have seven environments that are all desert. Right. But each one is different, even between the bearded dragons. Right. So the most deserty, when people think of a desert habitat, I would say the most like that ideal desert would be heroes. Right. The Euromastics. Flat, sandy, single hottie rock. Yeah. Hot, very dry. And like, if you stick our uh, soil moisture up from the mother bee. Yeah, if we stick, stick that into his sand, it will say zero. Yeah. There is we will no reason. Yeah. You will see love because that's what we display. There's nothing. And that's what he needs. That's what he likes. Yeah. And your own mastics. <laughs> your own mastices. Euromastices don't even drink water. They get their water from what they eat. Right. So now 
I refuse to not give a, crit a critter access to water, so he does have water in there. Right. But he doesn't drink it. Yeah, it usually just evaporates and yeah. screws up his humidity. Not that bad, though. It's no. just a small dish. Yeah, very tiny. In case but it's had a... very low humidity and very hot. Right. Whereas the bearded dragons, even between the two, uh, very slightly, but they're pretty much the same. It's hot and low humidity, not as dry as right heroes now i wanted to rephrase what we talked about earlier as what habitat means okay because while it is kind of how they make it their home and their preferences it's more of like you know there's various types of deserts and each creature lives in a different kind yeah kind of some live in the same and you'll have those critters but like houdini is technically considered a desert critter by our standards and the pet care standard. Yeah. But he lived in the savannas of Africa. And, you know, that's full of, not full of plant life, but there's grasses and scarcely, but there are trees that he would climb. Not Houdini. We had a tree and it wasn't big enough for him to climb yet. He did climb the sides though. Yeah, he did. I've actually got a funny video of that, which I will post on the Patreon. So there's your bait to go subscribe. <laughs> um, and then, you know, not much water. There's some water. We yeah. gave him a place to soak because he needed it. Yeah. But, yeah, um, the funny thing about him was the soil moisture needed to be high. Yeah. Like, all, nearly 100%. Not water, just very wet. But And the temperatures were ridiculous. 90 to 110. Yeah. We, that was hard to maintain. Not during the summer. No, not during the summer. During the summer, we had to install a fan to keep it from getting too hot, which was weird. I've never done that for a desert critter. <laughs> but yeah, and then like we have our leopard geckos. Yeah. They like low humidity, mid-range temperatures. Yeah. And they, I know I'm going to get this wrong, but I'm pretty sure they're in Middle Eastern countries like Turkey, Saudi Arabia, countries like that i've read i've not read much about where they come from but i'm pretty sure that's the area they come from hot dry but there's bouts of rain that keep the humidity up yeah yeah it's uh so that that's the range of just just our desert critters right and there are so many more out there and, and that that go from the driest of dry to almost arboreal. Yeah. And uh, let's not even get into the fact that the different species of Eurobastics yeah. live in different environments. Yep. All, what, 12 of them? 13? Yeah. The closest thing we have is Hero and the Egyptian Euromastics. They kind of live in the same environment because they live on the same continent. But... um. Whereas Hero would live more in closer to the grassy plains, the Egyptian Euromastics would live like in the Sahara. I about said the savannah, but that's not right. The Sahara Desert. And like we're really hot. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a wide range in every environment that you can break down into smaller habitats. And that's that's what we were discussing. Yeah. So, next up, we have our arboreal habitats. We've talked about them a lot recently. Yeah. Arboreal habitats are ni a nice middle ground between desert and tropical, with moderate temperatures ranging from 70 degrees to 85 degrees. 
and mid-humidities of about 50 to 70. They don't have as much range as a desert habitat. You can still have amazing opportunities for your arboreal critters. You can set it up as a lush floor, forest floor full of plant life or as an open field with rocks to bask on and logs to hide in. The arboreal biome is a beautiful setup to say the least. What this means for you as the owner of an arboreal critter is that you'll have to watch closely to make sure the humidity and temperature don't rise and fall too far to make, and to make sure mold doesn't spread throughout your enclosure. Yeah, the most important thing in any environment, any habitat, is consistency. Yes. The rapid rise and fall of humidity and heat will kill your critter faster than anything else. The So you just don't want a wide range of um, movement. You want to keep that humidity and temperature as tight as you can. Right. And, you know, some like um, crested geckos, they like a nice swing from day to night. They like it in the 70s to 80s during the day, and they can drop down to mid-50s to upper 60s at night. Right. That's... That's an example of a critter that can handle the swing. Right. Most critters want to be pretty consistent. Right. And like, even with the keeping it tight, we still give you a decent like 10 degree range. Yeah. 10 degrees may not sound like a lot, but think about the difference between a 50 degree day and a 40 degree day. Or if like, think about going outside and it being 60 or like 80 degrees and you walk into your 70 degree house. Yeah. Like, oh, that feels so much better. Yeah. It's only 10 degrees, but it makes the big, biggest difference. Or for those of us that live in the South, think of when you walk outside on a very humid day and you can feel the oppression yeah. of the humidity just soaking through you and you go back in your house where it's much less humid. Right. You can feel that. Now, that humidity difference is very small, probably less than 2 or 3%. Yeah, and we're giving you a range of 20% because <laughs> humans are more picky than <laughs> reptiles when it comes to that. <laughs> so what they reptiles got going for them. <clears throat> but that's mostly because their concern is not so much like, ugh, it's humid, it's uh, moisture. Yeah. Because they need to keep their outside moisturized to avoid, like, abscess. Abscess can be caused by skin yeah. cells being too dry, and they don't shed properly, and then they get this big old lump, and it's gross to clean out. I don't know that from personal experience. I've just seen a lot of abscess removals on critters, especially bearded dragons. It's a, like, um, and it's like a hereditary problem with bearded dragons, which kind of scares me about Speedy. But She seems fine. Yeah. Next up, we have tropical habitats. Tropical habitats have a temperature range of 70 to 90 degrees and a humidity range of 80 to 100 percent. Tropical habitats have the same range of environments as arboreal. However, most tropical critters prefer more foliage or plant cover to be in and hide in. And as a proud owner of a tropical critter, you'll have to absolutely make sure that you maintain proper temperatures and humidity and watch for the mold. The more humid you have in your enclosure, the more likely you are to see mold. Yes. Mold loves hot and moisture. And unfortunately, that's what arboreal and tropical critters like. Yeah. The range on tropical is kind of weird. 
you know, 70 to 90 degrees. 90 seems like way too hot for something that wants lots of moisture. But you need that heat to actually keep the humidity. Yeah. The, the important thing for tropical to keep it healthy is airflow. Right. Airflow from bottom to top. That keeps the humidity at the right levels. And it keeps fresh air flowing in, which yeah. helps prevent mold. That's why you see, like, especially like chameleon enclosures, because they are so sensitive when it comes to their humidity. It's all mesh. Yeah. Air can come in every direction. And, and that also means that if you have a fully mesh enclosure, which is good, mm-hmm. you have to make sure the humidity in your house is not too dry. Right. Because... If your air is dry and you're trying to pump a lot of moisture into an open air enclosure, it's just going to pull that moisture out. Right. So, like, in your reptile room, and I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Every cryptkeeper has a reptile room, (laughs) official or unofficial. Yeah. Just keep a humidifier. It may be a little miserable for you, but your critters are going to live. Yeah. And you can always... Not stay in that room. Put them somewhere where you're not going to be terribly often if the humidity really bothers you. Speaking of humidity, 80 to 100%. Now, 100% humidity. That's underwater, right? No, we've said this every episode since episode three. Yeah, we have. Not water. And that does also does not mean if you stick your hand in, it's going to come out wet. Right. It's not like a shower. A shower is not 100% humidity. That's just wet. Right. 100% humidity means that the air is holding 100% of the moisture it can. Right. Anything above that, you start getting condensation. Which is why at Frog Beans, we hate fuckers. And yes. yes, I mean hate. They don't do what they're marketed to do. All they do is visibly put moisture in the air, which and it quickly dissipates and doesn't provide the moisture that tropical critters need. Right. Like they have to absorb it through their skin. What you need is an actual mister. Now, the downside to a mister is it can cool the environment. Right. But it puts the droplets on the leaves. And the animals, the animals come and absorb more water and they can get the water from the leaves. Right. And it doesn't oversaturate the soil. Right. Unless you keep it on for a long time. But that's on you. <laughs> that's on you as a critter keeper. Unless you're using the mother bean. Right. And then it's on the mother bean. And when the misters come on and that temperature starts to drop, we can make sure it doesn't drop too far. Right. Or at all. Because yeah. we're that good. we're full of shameless plugs yeah anything else to add to that no okay um if you enjoyed this episode be sure to like subscribe comment leave us a review tell us what you think uh subscribe to our patreon (laughs) you get to watch us be goofy between recordings and i'll be posting just you know other other things on there not quite sure what yet but we'll figure it out Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.